believe some of the stuff they do. I mean, they jumped the girl in the limo. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm like, you got to jump me? I mean, really? And they think they're bad, but if they was by themselves, every time they get by themselves or they feel like they're alone, they always link up with another female and click up with her and then try to get on somebody else. It's like, oh, that girl, the one girl, she was the baddest chick in there, too. Her name was Kat. The baddest chick. Yeah, she, yeah. And she didn't leave off no fight. She didn't leave off no argument. She didn't leave because she got kicked out. She left on her own accord. It's just, it's not classy. It's not, it, it just, it doesn't have, ugh, ugh. I'm just mad. Mm-hmm. And just because you stay throughout the whole house does not mean that you're the baddest. It just means that you have nothing else going on in your life. Pathetic. You're the most pathetic. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So anyway, with that said, I'm not going to get more, any more uh, exposure than I already get. I am going to be watching the reunion, though. I mean, it's just entertaining. I'm not going to lie. It's entertaining. Cancel it. <laughs> this is. It's ignorant, and I'm so glad that I, I don't even qualify to go on the show. I'm not a bad chick, I guess, because I'm not. She's white chicks, too. No, some of them black. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Some of them are black. Why would you say that they're white chicks? I mean, but anyway. It's coming in all colors. That's what I'm saying. You ain't saying that, baby. That's what I'm saying. Oh, the shape sizes and colors. Anyway, moving on. Um. <laughs> uh, we just we just came back from uh, VA Fashion Weekend Northwood. Shout out to uh, Splash Model Management and VA Fashion Week. Everybody put together. Shout out to the Waterside Marketplace and also to the shirts and the Waterside. We had a great <laughs> We stayed the entire weekend. We had a very, very wonderful time. And um and then the Gaps of DV team came together. We um unionized on Sunday to watch the show and it was amazing. So check out the pics on www.gapsofdv.com. I have some pics of what we saw. Beautiful, beautiful outfits, wonderful. And also, um, I did a tweet earlier for the young lady who won the Creative uh, Outfit Award. Um, got a picture of her on the website also. And go to her, uh, her. I think she has a Tumblr page. I'm not sure. But she has a blog sure. post. Go to her page. Check her out. She's very creative. She has wonderful outfits. And me and her, we have something in common. We both like big church hats. Um, people, people don't know about people don't know about me and my and my fixation with big church hats. But I love. Big country ass church head. I don't know why. That sombrero? No, it ain't no sombrero, Chris. Anyway, okay. Hey. Um, 
so we're getting ready for holiday season. I don't know about y'all, but we got Thanksgiving coming up, and I'm ready to eat. <laughs> that's and then after Thanksgiving, my diet kicks in all day. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to gain back the gain back all the weight I lost uh, when I was out for seven days from work. For me, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you want to gain some weight? Yeah. You want to gain some weight? You need to come eat at my house. I don't keep I don't keep Bougie and Villa three hundred and twenty five pounds for nothing. Three thirty, baby. So three thirty now. Don't take five away. Did you go to the bathroom today? Every yeah, other night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. What? Anyway, today we are having one of our team members from GapsTVRadio.com. Les, she is an author. I don't know how many of you knew that, but now you know. Les is the author of A Lesson Learned. I think you should get this book. You should read this book, and you should enjoy it, because not only is it a great book, but it's also based out of Richmond, Virginia. So if you like where you live, um, then go ahead and read the book. Even if you're not from Richmond, Virginia, I still suggest that you read the book. And get and you know read it or whatever. So anyway, we're gonna get lit on the phone because I'm excited. You said what? I said because the country is the city too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <thanks. laughs> I didn't even know what to say to that. Well, yeah. So um, let's go ahead and get lit on the line. Uh, what's her number? She's slick talking. Money jumping. Nothing. Go no? ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> What's wrong with you today? Well, I don't know. We just had me and y'all. So Chris might still be feeling it from the meeting. We we had a lot going on. We we really trying to progress this business and take us to a whole nother level. Yeah, whole nother level. <laughs> to the mother level. Hello. Hello. Can we put our last kids? Speaking. Welcome to the Dr. Jingle! Yay! Thank you, thank you. Hi. Hi. Leslie, how are you? Yes, I'm fantastic. Okay, Chris trying to pull out his porno voice. Can you calm down? You wasn't talking like that earlier. Sorry. Sorry, I'm going to for him. Uh, I said more women folks for him. Oh, uh, see, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. That's what it is. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how many of you um, have had opportunity to introduce yourself to her, but um, she is the scheduling manager for GapsLDRadio.com. Yeah. So shout out to her because because of her, a lot of people are able to get on the show. Yeah. And so we want to thank Liz for being on. She has been there since GapsLDRadio was doing eyelashes and lace fonts. And <laughs> now I'm bigger than that. And I'm on my way to Wendy Williams. God willing, we coming. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Liz. And Liz will be my Egypt. Let's get started by 
you telling us how you got started in, in writing and how you decided to do your book. Uh, funny story. Um, I met a young man. Uh, he was promoting, well, he was trying to get people to promote things um, in his magazine. Um, had nothing to do with writing a story. He just wanted people to put ads in the story. We exchanged phone numbers. Um, I had an event coming up. And um, we didn't even talk about the event. We just started talking about different things for his magazine. Um, the idea was to come up with a story for his magazine that could be placed there every week or every month, however, you know, however often the uh, magazine came out. And I said, well, you need a different twist, you know. Um, and it went from there. I started writing for his magazine. Um, I did maybe about two months and just went from there. Okay, so how did you come up with the concept for your book? First, let everybody know what your book is about. Um, a Lesson Learned is basically about a young lady who gets involved with a drug dealer. Um, she doesn't see the glitz and glamour that you normally see in the books or that you even see out in the street. She kind of sees the downside of it. Um, and that's basically the gist of the book. This is what she goes through in getting involved in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And how did you decide if you wanted to write, did you want to put this book out there? Um, again, it basically came through meeting this gentleman um, from him wanting to add put into his magazine. Again, we sat and we talked about it. Again, the concept initially was to have a drug dealer in this book and to go back and forth, you know, month after month until the story concluded. Um, uh-huh. Because I said, well, you need something different. Everybody At that time, this was about three or four years ago, at that time every story that you heard was about a drug dealer. I said, you need a different twist. I said, you need something where the the lead character is a female. Um, and it uh-huh. went from there. Prior to that, I wasn't doing any kind of writing, any poetry, anything like that. You know, again, the idea basically came from that conversation with that young man. Okay. In fact, he has mm-hmm. a, he has a magazine here in Richmond. His name is uh, Brian Mitchell, and I believe the the magazine is unsigned, unsigned artist or something along that line. But that's initially how the idea came about. Okay. And I and think what made me push forward. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What what made me really push forward? What it was reading different books at that time. I was really into reading a lot of different books from black authors. And as I was reading, I said, well, this is something that I could do. So that all kind of like, you know, came in together under the same umbrella, and it went from there. Okay. Now, you this book is self-published, correct? Yes, it is self-published. Okay. Mm. So mm. go into, it's wonderful, right? Go into, go, into, <laughs> go into how you decided from going to putting this in a publication on a weekly or monthly basis to saying, you know what, I want to self-publish my book. I mean, that's not an easy process, I'm sure. And a lot of people don't know that anybody could do this if they are willing to put in the elbow grease to make it happen. So exactly. kind of talk about how how you did it. Um, when I got to the closing of the book, more in the, in the beginning it was initially a personal goal, um, and that's how it was pretty much throughout the book, me writing the book and trying to get it out there was a personal goal. Um, I got in touch with a young lady by the name of Renee Bob, and she helps a lot of writers, you know, as far as getting it out there and guiding you as far as what you really need to put your book out there. Um, then I got, I start reading different books. 
Um, I found that when you self-publish, the money is yours in the end because when you deal with the different publishing companies and so on and so forth, um, of course they get a percentage of what you do. Um, They have a hand in how your book goes and things of that nature. Um, Again, after doing my research and talking to some different authors, I decided that I wanted to self-publish. Um, when you're trying to look for a publisher, it's a lot of work. You know, you've got to have your press kit together and things like that. Um, you got to, you know, get yourself out there to a lot of different places for them to actually get out there and promote your book. Um, thank God I have good family and friends that helped me along the way. Um, Rashana mm-hmm. Stiff, life coach, she's been on your show. Um, mm-hmm. She helped me as well. In fact, she got me in touch with Renee Bob. So, again, that was another door that was open for me. Um, God has blessed me with a wonderful mother. My mother put up, you know, some of the money for me to be able to self-publish. Although it's a lot of money Amen. up front, you reap the rewards in the end. Like now, my book was written three years ago. You know, I can still come out with my book again as if it was brand new. And it is to some people who haven't read it. So it's just like, it's, it's just a process that can just keep on going and going. You know, when I order my books and they come to me, I don't have to pay anybody except the people who actually printed the book. When the books are in my hand, True. I sell them the way I choose to. Mm. Amen. Mm. Now, you touched on um, some of the benefits of self-publishing your own book. Mm-hmm. What are some of the What are some of the negative aspects? What could What kind of obstacles could someone face from trying to embark on such a phenomenal feat? Um, in all honesty, for me personally, I didn't find um, anything negative as far as self-publishing. Um, again, I was able to do my book at my own pace. All the money that I put up front was my money. Again, I didn't have to deal with, okay, you can't put this in the book, you can't do that, you have to change this, you have to change that. So it it worked well for me. And because it was more of a personal goal for me versus I want to be the next Terry McMillan, that worked better for me than sending it out to publishing companies. So I think it's going to depend on um, who the individual is and what their overall goal is. Um, I think if you're trying to get out there to be Terry McMillan, um, maybe that self-publishing may not be the route because you may not have um, the same access as if you were going to a publishing company. Okay. So I think it, okay. I think it just depends. And I think maybe the only thing that may be an obstacle as far as self-publishing is coming up with the money. Because it is. It's a lot of money involved when you're self-publishing because everything falls on you. But at the end of the day, you kind of reap those benefits back, right? You're getting all exactly. your money back for your book. Exactly. So you can price it the way you want to price it and everything. Exactly. But it's about it's about research. Even when you're self publishing, it's about doing the research. It's about getting all the information you can. Go online, research, get books. You know, when you hear different authors on radio shows, get in touch with those authors and that's what I did. You know, they may not all reach out to you, but there's gonna be somebody <clears throat> excuse me, or a couple of people in that group who are gonna reach back out to you and give you that information, give you that knowledge to help you grow and go in the direction that you're trying to go in. Okay. Right. okay. Now, um, the subject matter of the book, a young lady who got involved with a drug dealer and became a drug dealer herself um, in order to support her and her child. What type of research or um, explain the creative process behind that? Um, Throughout the book, um, again, basically you got to do your research. Um, Some of the things that actually happen in the book actually happen may not have been in my life necessarily, but maybe somebody I know. But it's about asking questions. You know, I may have known somebody who did this or did that, so they were my guide in writing the book. And then in, in okay. some parts you just have to be creative. You know, you just got to you gotta go from the top and, and, and just 
think and be creative in what you're writing. Mm-hmm. Now, you you named a couple of places in Richmond and all that. So, I mean, you are most of your book or your future books going to be also based in Richmond, or are you going to be branching out to other places in the country? Um, I'm working on a second book right now. Um, the title of that book is Choices, and it's going to be based in Richmond as well. Um, again, because I don't have that background as being a writer, I have to go with what I know, and that makes the, the writing easier for me to base it on a place that I'm familiar. Um, if I decided to include places outside of Richmond, again, it's just about doing research. But because I'm, you know, living here in Richmond, it's easier to write that way. Wow. That, that is cool, man. I mean, it is it's amazing how people come up with things and then they make this whole book or whatever. It's like, what is your goal when you come to writing these books? What are you trying to achieve? Um, with the first book, again, it was a personal goal. I just felt like it was something that I could do um, because I started in the magazine. I just felt like, okay, you know, I read other books. I can do this. I can do this. I know people who have drama in their lives. I've had drama in my own life. So from that experience, um, again, it was just me wanting to fulfill that goal. Um, then being able to publish it myself was an even greater goal. With the second book, um, well, let me go back to the first book. After I finished writing and I started getting into the publishing process, my thing was I want to write a book that people are going to enjoy. I get that question a lot, who's your target audience? And I know that wasn't your primary question, but that's what I get a lot. Um, who's your target, target audience? I'm sorry. But I want to reach out to people who just want to read a good book, whether they're black, white, Spanish, what have you, old, young, just people who want to read a good book. Um, right. I think, I think I get the most joy in knowing that somebody enjoyed the book. That's, that's the most joy that I get out of um, writing the book. And Aisha would tell you that when she read the book, every day I was, okay, where are you at? Okay, did you like it? Was it realistic? How do you feel about uh-huh. it? And that, that drives me to want to do more. <laughs> and I'm sure I got on her nerves. I was at no, her day every day. It was great because I like I like a good book that I can turn around and talk about as if it was like a movie or a TV show. Like people, mm-hmm. you know, watch television shows or movies and then they go back to work or whatever and they're like, Did you see this? Did you see this? And that that's how I felt when I was when I was discussing your book. And that, and not just with you but other people who have read it right. because I you know, I know a lot of people that you sold the book to. And but like they said, it was just like a movie. It was like you were you were watching a movie but you were reading it. It was like you were reading a movie um, based out of Richmond. So certain places, like when you talk about Bojangles, I remember that club. I wasn't old enough to go, but I remember that club. <laughs> Stop telling my age, please. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it ain't been that long, child. <laughs> but, but I remember it, and it's like, you know, actually it's still there. It's just not a club, but, right, you know, exactly. I remember it. So you can imagine it, and that's what I like about, about your book. It's because I live here. So when you talk about certain landmarks or certain places, it's like I'm, I'm imagining it in my head as if I was there when it happened. You can relate to it. Yes. And the funny thing is, you know, it's not every day that you can meet a writer. And I have been right. blessed to have, you know, met several writers in the past couple of years. But with with this book, it's so creative. It's like, wow. And oh, when I first got you're welcome. When I got your book, and and this is like you're not. I'm everybody to know 
Les is not paying me to say this. I actually feel this way. <laughs> Under no way is she paying me or promoting me to say this. This is a really good book. And when you talk to somebody, you just don't imagine the kind of things that they can concoct in their mind and, and put down on paper. And I was just like, wow. And, you know, when you first gave me the book, we had just met, you know. So right. it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, I'm telling you this because you've been my friend for so long. I really genuinely feel like you really hit the mark with a book like this. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is, this particular character, I mean, I could relate to her, you know. I didn't do I didn't do half the things that she said, but at the same time, um, some of the things that she did, you know, I may have experienced or I may have I may know someone who's gone through right. that. Right, exactly. And it's just a phenomenal story, and I cannot wait for your second book. So you're currently working on that right now? Right, exactly. I'm working on my second book, so I'm really excited about that. Um, it's totally different from the first book. It has nothing to do with the drug world. Um, it basically talks about, is it? Is it my time to promote book number two? Yes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, basically, it's basically about the choices that we make as women. Um, and I'm not going to really get into a whole lot about the book because at this point it's not finished. I'm still working on it. But just the choices we make as women, how we get involved with men, you know, how we allow them to treat us. And I don't mean we as mm. men. You know what I'm talking about? We as women in general, um, we give so much in relationships, and at points we give so little in return, and sometimes we're accepting of the little that we receive. Um, and we just all need to get to the point where we we realize there are certain things we don't have to tolerate, not because we're pretty, not because we have shapely bodies, um, just because you don't have to tolerate disrespect from a man or anyone for that matter. And that's what this book kind of focuses on. It focuses, I'm sorry, focuses on um one particular individual, but it also um, allows you to see the people around her and the choices that they make as well. Okay, I can't uh, wait so for that. Have you developed the title yet? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said it's like a okay. reflection or a mirror image of, of most of men and women. women. Right, yeah. exactly. Have you came up with a topic, um, a title yet? Excuse me. Choices. The name of the book is Choices. Okay, okay, I'm excited to read that. But you're right, a lot of women, um, they put themselves out there entirely too much and don't harness that, that natural power that we possess for the opposite sex. Right. Yeah, I right. And this can give you an example. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. But no, I was just saying, I don't know, because some girls don't do enough. I'm sorry. Some girls and and maybe they right. are, but, but when you have those that are going above and beyond, a lot of times those are the women that aren't appreciated. Um, for example, right. one of the characters in the book, um, she has a boyfriend, a living boyfriend. He's not there half okay. of the time. He has another girlfriend somewhere else that he has a child with. And and the character um, who's actually tolerating it, she's putting up with a lot just to have this man in her life, and that's not anything that she has to tolerate. There's so many men out here. And then, again, it's not about always being with a man, get you together first. Focus on you. Focus on you. You don't need a man in your life, especially if it's one um, that's going to disrespect you. Yeah, because you got a lot of women out there right now, they're settling for... It's desperation, that's what it's called. Exactly. Settling. Settling, I mean, because they 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 could do better. 
know, and you know, it's and still, you know, they really settling on this having somebody as opposed to having what you really deserve and what you really need and want in your life. And uh it ends up being uh, you know, a very negative situation. It's a tragedy. Right. Uh, because exactly. it's, it's once, a tra- once once they get rid of the once they get rid of this person they're going to have all this negative and baggage that they're going to carry on to the next relationship that ain't got nothing to do with this man. This man might truly care and really want and love and treat this woman like the queen she deserves to be treated. And it's all going to go there. I mean, I'm I'm not even going to sit here and let that happen because some men play on that, though. Yeah, they do. I mean, you find a desperate chick, a girl with no... Right. Self confidence, a girl who's insecure, and you like, well, shoot. I mean, I'm the best thing that ever happened to her, so I'm gonna go ahead and do what I gotta do until you know she can't take no more. I mean, to sit here and say, okay, yeah, I agree or whatever. I mean, that's cool. I mean, of course you agree because that's that's common sense. I mean, anybody with any sense would agree with that. However, you have to agree with the fact that some men look at that as an opportunity. And some men are mm-hmm. natural opportunists. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you, that's you, you, yeah. That's, that's one way to look at it. But at the same time, you got to look at the guy too, because if he's doing that, that's some insecurities in him. That means he really can't handle a real relationship. Of course not. He can't handle a talent. He can't handle a situation that he's not in control of. You know what I mean? Right. So some cats really just man up. And then you, you have some men out here who just use women. That's what they do. I can't get this from this person, so I'm going to get this one from that one, you know. But I always say that if we didn't allow these men to do these things, they couldn't. They couldn't. Exactly. So I, I, I think the blame falls on both the man and the woman. Right. Especially, especially Because we do it to each other. Yeah, especially the individual who doesn't recognize that you could do much better because, like, for example, I know a young lady who um, who's in a relationship where she's being abused. And she, like, laughs about it as if it's funny, you know, it's okay, you know, you know, that's just how he is. But at the end of the day, you don't look happy. You look bruised up all the time. You look miserable. And it's just it's not working. So why won't you just get out the situation? And her only response is that, you know, where else I'm going to go? And I'm sorry. I guess it's from all my years of working at, you know, social services or whatever. But I've learned that there's resources everywhere. If you want to move out of some place, you have resources. If you want to get out of an abusive relationship, you have resources. If you want... To get pregnant, there's resources. If you don't want to be pregnant, there's resources. It's always something. And I always believe that if you want something bad enough, you'll go get it. And I also believe if you don't want something bad enough, you'll get out of it. So some people might be what they call um, um, masochistic, where they they like it. They they yearn for the drama. They yearn for the hurt and the pain and the trials and tribulations because that's how they feel like they're living when you're going through it. I can't see myself being in a relationship with somebody who doesn't appreciate me, who doesn't respect me and treat me like the queen that I am. How do you, whether you're being abused or not, there's some form of abuse going on. If you're being neglected, that's abuse. 
If you being spoken to in a way outside of your name, that's abuse. When a man doesn't call you, when he sleeps with you after 12 o'clock midnight, that's abuse. So I feel like if I don't want that, I won't, I won't tolerate it. And I see that's so many right. women sit there and they go through it and they go through it. Like if you watch for the color girl, you know, one of the characters, she kept taking this man back, taking this man back because what you addicted to the way he touches you, but when that touch is gone, you crying and you hurting, it doesn't make sense. And I, you know, I really hope you, co- I hope you cover that in your book because some women need to have it beat upside their head that the only reason why you being disrespected because you don't have respect for yourself. Really? But I want to really add this as well, Aisha. Chill. Hello. Okay. Okay. I just want to add this, Aisha, too. That sometimes it's it's a thing of being comfortable in a situation. Um, Sometimes it's you're and just like you said earlier, you're so desperate that you'll tolerate anything. And I have a friend right now who's in in a relationship that I really feel like they need to be out of. But as their friend, I'm not going to tell you to leave because regardless, you're going to leave when you're tired of dealing with that particular situation. Um, and, and I listen to them and what they're going through. Well, this person does this to me. You know, they disrespect me right here in my face. I did this, but they're still doing that. That person is comfortable in that situation. Um, and I know that they have encountered other people that want to be with them that's going to treat them better. But because they're so comfortable in that position that they're in with that individual, they won't allow themselves to move from that spot. Um, a lot of times in relationships, you're always, okay, it's going to get better. You know, he said or she said, and men go through this as well, but, okay, it's going to get better. Well, he said this or she said that, and we sat and we talked, you know, and now we're going to try again, and you continue to try only to have the same results, which is failure. Mm-hmm. You've got you to get to a point where you realize, okay, again, I can do better. I don't have to tolerate you know, things like this. You know, there's more out there for me. And, again, like I said, sometimes it's not about jumping in one relationship and jumping into another one. Sometimes get you together first. Sometimes you got to focus on you and realize that um, you don't have to have somebody in your life. Enjoy your independence. Embrace your independence because everything else will come to you. Everything else you know, will come to you. Right? I, I, t- I totally agree with you. However, I don't, I, I don't agree with one part. I don't okay. agree with the part, and, and you said that, you know, even men go through it too. Everybody goes through it. But one thing I don't agree with is that they're comfortable. There is no way that you could be in a relationship, whether it's abuse or disrespect or just downright nastiness. There's no way you could be in a relationship like that and be comfortable. Why I say this is because how do I know about it? How come you venting to me? How come you complaining to me? How come you go on Facebook and make these little anonymous uh, posts and saying, oh, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that? That's somebody who's not comfortable. People who are comfortable don't complain. People who are comfortable don't vent. People who are comfortable don't make silly comments, offhanded comments, trying to get something off their chest because you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, then shut up. I mean, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I'm serious when I say this because that's not comfortable. Yeah, you're comfortable because you don't want to lose your house, you don't want to change jobs, you don't want to right. move out, you don't want to upset the kids. That is not comfortable if if you complain it. If your friend or my friend or whoever comes to us and says, I'm tired of him doing this, he doing this right in front of my face, or guess what he did today, or guess what he did last night, or girl, we was up arguing all night and all this, you wouldn't be telling me if you were comfortable. But so you know what, too, Aisha? I'm sorry. Go ahead, sweetie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying it's out the window if you're comfortable. That's not that's not true. You got to look at it this uh, way, too. If you're in a good relationship, let, let's say me and my boyfriend, everything is good between us. We have a pretty decent relationship. And I call you, Aisha, you know, this cat is just is just wild in the day. I wanted to go to the movies, and he wanted to look at football all day long. I'm complaining, mm-hmm. but I'm still comfortable with my situation. I'm comfortable with this man. I love him, but I'm complaining about something that we're going through. And I, I don't know, um, because you've been in your relationship so long, and I applaud you and Booney Villa um, for your relationship <laughs> and, and sticking it out <laughs> and sticking it out for so long. And, and you're entitled to say that you don't agree with what I'm saying, but sometimes, and, and this is my own personal opinion, a person gets so comfortable in the situation that they don't allow themselves to be move from that and venture into something else, something that's going to benefit them, something that's going to be healthy for them. Oh, no, I'm not talking about petty arguments like, you know, no, no, I, I want to go to the movie example. and he wants to watch TV. Right, I'm talking about right. that. But when your friend tells you right. something that by law you're required to report right. to the authorities, that's mm-hmm. something that's a cry for help. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody's going to come tell you, you know, right. that this man almost killed me if they don't want you to do something about it. That's the type of comfortable I'm talking about. There's no relationship that, you know, that upsetting that you could be comfortable with, but you have enough gall to tell somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? You are mm-hmm. reaching out for help, so therefore you are not comfortable. Therefore, you are uncomfortable. You are you are scared for your life, and you are reaching out. Or even if it's not that serious, maybe it's not abuse, but he's never coming home. You find all right. these numbers and all that. You are saying, "Help me, girl. Help me figure out what am I supposed to do about this." Tell me something that will boost my confidence enough that I will get up and leave this dude because I'm being stupid right now by sticking around. You are crying out for help. And you know what? I mean, this conversation we having is all in her book. And I hope you y'all guys just read the book and it just triggers something in your mind. If the situation that you're in, you might change your how you look at the whole situation. You might just make a change in your life. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for your book to come out, Liz. I mean... Not only should they get this one, but I'm just ready for the next one. Because, I mean, I I done read the first one three, four times. I'm ready for the second one. I'm just hungry right now. Yeah, we need to get a new I'm one. I'm ready to feed you. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. So I'm, you, I'm working on it every day. When do you anticipate a release? Um, my target date is is maybe March or April of next year. Um, Again, I want to take my time with this book, but right now, because I have so much going on in my life, you know, I have to dedicate time to so many different things that I don't always have time to just sit and write. You know, and I don't try to force things into the book. When it comes to me, that's when I put it down. That's when I put it down. Now, A Lesson Learned has technically been re-released. What was the release date of A Lesson Learned? Um... I want to say it was maybe the beginning. It was the beginning of this month, or maybe near the end of last month. Okay, okay. And how can people get? How can people purchase it? They can actually go to my website, (laughs) which is www. 
dot les l e z cover c o b e r the number two cover at webs dot com. Okay, okay. Now, um, with this with this particular book, a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. What do you want your target audience to get from it? Um, mm, good question. Because normally, my, again, my answer is, oh, I just want to make sure that everybody's enjoying the book. Um, wow, I but it's a I, 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 So obviously, you want me to learn a lesson. <laughs> um, well, one, everything that glitters isn't gold. Again, mm-hmm. she, she got involved into this world, and, again, she didn't see the glitz and glamour that you see on TV or that you see in books, um, things like that. Um, one, have faith in God. That's important to me. you got to have faith in God, yeah. and she didn't until it was too late. Wow. Um, you know right from wrong. Weigh mm-hmm. everything out before you make snappy decisions, and that's what she did. Um, I don't want to give too much away in the book for people who haven't read it, but she she jumped into it really without thinking, really without yeah. even trying. You know, you it know was what? like okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no ahead. basically, I was just going to say she was used to things being a certain way in her life, um, and again, I, I really don't want to give out too much in the book. You know, she just jumped do into it. it without allowing it her allowing herself to try different resources or to do different things. You know, it was quick, and she was like, okay, well, this is going to be the route for me. I can get what I need and do what I want to do and still maintain the things that I'm used to having. Mm, mm. Now, I, I could testify to knowing exactly what you mean by that because there has been situations where, you know, no matter how much faith in God you have, sometimes you just, you not thinking with your with your heart in the Lord, sometimes you're thinking with your mind in the world. And when I say that, is right. that sometimes situations could be so so traumatic, so stressful that you only thinking, you know, I gotta get this and I gotta get it now. I gotta I gotta take care of business. I can't keep waiting. Like you don't even stop to pray. It's like, right. for example, right. you know, you might get a eviction notice on your door, or maybe you know. Your paycheck didn't come exactly when you wanted, so you're struggling trying to rush and get something, and you're trying to pay up and take care of it instead of just praying to God and saying, you know, God, help me with this situation. You're trying to do it by yourself. And that's what, like, worrying and all that people talk about is I got to take care of it myself instead of allowing God right. to help you through it. Right. You decide, I'm, I can handle it. This one I can handle. And, you know, I was in church service a long time ago, and you can't just pick which which problems you want God to handle and which problems you you good at doing by yourself. It, it don't work like that. You can't say, God, you know, this is small enough for me to handle by myself, so I'm going right. to take care of this. You can't do that. And and when you read this book, it's like the young lady, Erica, she didn't think. She didn't stop and think about the, the pros and cons. She didn't think about the consequences. She just did because she thought everything had to come quickly. Everything had to happen. I know exactly what you mean when you say that, and that's what I got from it. It was like sometimes you just got to wait, wait it out. Good stuff going right, to happen. Exactly. But more so, and, and especially if you're placing yourself in a compromising situation. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're placing yourself there. You know, and especially if you're a mom. You're a single mom. You know, you place yourself in jeopardy, but you place your child in jeopardy as well. Mm-hmm. 
And people and don't, think a lot about of people that. don't think about those things. You're right. It's like, you know, you're going to you going to survive or you're going to die. You're going to lay down, or you're going to get up, you're going to do what you need to do. But um in the end, your decisions do reflect on your future. So definitely yeah, be and, and you have to think about those book. things. And, and I know this isn't really about um what we do from 9 to 5, but I see that a lot in my job. Um, I have people that come in and they talk to me, and it's like, well, this happened, or, you know, I can't get this job, I can't get that job. But you have to think about, you know, the actions that you took prior to you restricting your life. Uh-huh. You got you got to really think about things, you know, and weigh everything out. And sometimes that's easier said than done if, if you're not actually in that situation. But sometimes you really got to look at the big picture and say, is it worth it? Or how is this going to affect me in the long run? How is this going to affect me in the long run? Yeah, and that goes back to what y'all were saying earlier. It's about getting yourself together and and taking that time to develop who you are and what you want to do. And it's always good to write things down and make short-term goals for yourself and long-term. Just just think about what you want to do, you know what I mean? And then just get yourself together. And once you develop yourself and doing that, then you just go about your business. Yeah, you, you got to really, have you know, a plan. How, how you conduct yourself on a job as a professional, off the job as a professional. Exactly. You have no idea who is really paying attention and watching you. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. And, you know, sooner or later, the opportunity of something comes up, they're going to be like, you know what? No, I don't want that person because this person, I saw this person like this, I saw this person like that. And whatever you may have did have, may have been a negative aspect to whoever that person that was viewing you at that point in time. So it's something that, you know, you really need to, um, you know, um, take heed to and present yourself in a, in the best manner as possible. Okay. Now, Liz, did you have any um, problems when it came to this book as far as um, people giving you negative criticism or Maybe not fill in the subject matter entirely. Um, un- initially, no. Um, what I did when I started writing, I made I made sure that I had people on my team. Um, I made sure I had an avid reader, number one. I made sure I had somebody on my team who didn't like to read at all, and I also had, you know, just an average reader. Um, from there, that's how I got my feedback. Well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Is this realistic? Um, do you think that once the reader gets this book, they're going to say, okay, she's really over the top? Because I've read some books, and it's like, okay, really? That's, like, really over the top. And maybe it did happen, but it just seems so far-fetched and unbelievable. Um, once the book actually came out and I promoted it and I sold the book, um, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this to toot my own horn, but the majority of pe- the majority of the people that have read my book have given me good feedback. Um, I I think maybe out of all the books that I sold, I've had maybe one or two people to say that mm, it was okay. Uh-huh. But but other than wow. that, I've, I've gotten really good responses um, as far as my book, and I I've sold it to different people: black people, white people, young people, old people. Again, I try not to target just one specific area. Okay, I can only target people who actually um, experience drugs and things of that nature. 
again, my goal is to target those who really want to read a good book. Oh, Amen. wow. Now, um, with the book success, I mean, what do you plan on doing? Do you think that from from this point on you could do motivational speaking? I mean, besides uh, writing a second book, what are your goals with Cover to Cover? Um, um, I'm sorry, I used to have a distracted for just a second. Um, can you repeat that question one more time? I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it's nice to know that I'm not important. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I just wanted to know, besides writing a second book, where do you feel like you could take cover to cover? Do you think that maybe you could do some motivational speaking? What other uh, creative outlets or other mediums do you want to tackle? Um, with that, like I said, initially it was a personal goal, um, and with it being a personal goal, um, I hadn't really said, okay, well, I want to do this, or I want to do that. As, of course I want to take the book as far as I'm going to be able to go with it, um, but right now I'm just taking my time with it, and then with whatever doors God opens for me, I'm going to walk through them. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Um, what do you suggest to other people who are interested in writing writing books themselves? Um, again, first, stick with it. If this is something that you really want to do, you got to be dedicated to it. Um, don't put your pencil down in January, pick it up in February, you put it down again, and you don't start writing again until August. You got to be dedicated. That's the first oh. thing. Um when you're writing, don't focus on who's going to buy my book, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. You know, you got to finish it. You got to finish it. Um, and then um, you got to do your research. You got to do your research. Read books. Talk to people. You know, and that's what I had to do because, again, prior to writing my book, I, I didn't write anything. I wasn't a poet. Um, I wasn't on the newspaper in school or anything like that. So, um, I had to again do a lot of research and get in touch with a lot of people. Okay. And you know, okay. one, of, one of the things that I could see that Les um, didn't mention, but I hear it, I feel it, is she's adding her own personal touch, her self-expression in the book for everything for what she is writing, her creativity, uh, her creativeness as far as what she's putting out there. So. That's her touch and her understanding that she's exhibiting and putting out there to the people. For sure, for sure. Hey, Show. now, Liz. Yeah. Now, we got your website. What are some other ways people can get in contact with you? Um, I'm also on Facebook under um, Leslie White, so anyone can go on there and request to be my friend. I'm always looking for friends on Facebook. Um, and right now, that's basically it through my website and um, contacting me on uh, Facebook. And what's that website again, Les? It's www.leslezcover, C-O-V-E-R, the number two, cover, at webs.com. Okay. Beautiful website, too. Well, well created. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Chris, what did you like most about her website? 
Um, one of the things that I really liked about her website is, I mean, just it's very organized how she put it together um, as far as even the book cover to the information she leads from one uh uh, for one link to the other that you can click on and go through, and you will it's a it's it's in chronological order on how you can um, get information as far as the book, and it will draw you in. That's the thing. You need something that will draw you in, and that, that, that's what I was like, wow. So I was like, wow, as that was well put together, very well put together. And this is something else that I want to add for anybody who's interested in writing their own book and self-publishing. You don't have to take the expensive route. Find ways to cut corners. Um, the website that I have up now, that was free. Um, and it's it's going to work until I can branch out and get something better, something that I want to invest money in. That's good. Do you have any other tips for other writers um, who want to start self-publishing their own book? or maybe somebody who has been inspired by you being on the show today? Um, again, like I said, like I said, one, again, you got to be dedicated to what you're doing. That's one thing. you got to be dedicated. Um, again, branch out. Get different books. There's a book out um, by Dan Pointer, and his last name is spelled P-O-Y-N-T-E-R. Again, first name is Dan, and the name of the book is The Self-Publishing Manual. It takes you to do everything as far as trying to self-publish, but it also gives you information on trying to go to a publisher to get your book out there. Um, there's also another book called The African-American Writer's Guide to Successful Self-Publishing by Takesha Powell, and I found that to be a very good book as well. But, again, um, if you see somebody that's going to have a book signing, go to that book signing, talk to that author, find out what they did, um, go online, do some research. Um, I just found out information um, uh, from, um, what is it, I think it's called OutskirtPress.com. They do everything for you. They do everything oh. for you, and you, you have all the rights to your book. They have different packages that you can um, you can request. I think they range from maybe three hundred to maybe a little over a thousand dollars. So okay, that's a good well, resource as um, well. Les, I just want to let you know that we appreciate you. Um, we appreciate you not only doing this interview with us, but we appreciate you on Gap to Diva Radio and Gap to Diva com. You are a very vital part of our success. You are very I love you podcast. guys. <laughs> love you too. So um, we want to let you go. Like um, she said, get in touch with her. Let's cover the cover dot web dot com, and also reach her at Leslie White on Facebook dot com. Thank you so much, Liz, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I love you. Love yeah, you too. Have a good night. There. You too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay. So we want to thank Liz for being on our show. That's our home girl. Our sister from another missile, and we appreciate her. <laughs> yes, I said. Yeah, you did. This is our sister from another missile, and because it's like brother from another mother. Oh, it is the same. That's right. It is the same. Oh. You know, like daddy, maybe daddy, mommy, baby, daddy, maybe. Type, you know. Okay, why? Yeah. Anyway, don't don't do that to me. I'll walk with that one. See, you know what? See how you treat me on my own stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I really suggest you guys get um, a lesson learned. 
Um, I'm going to tell you real quick what it's about. This is the uh, synopsis of it. Erica Jones has always been independent and able to provide for herself and her six-year-old daughter. When she loses her job, she is faced with the reality of how she will maintain her household without financial means. She surprisingly runs into an old boyfriend, Ricky Johnson, who gives her an opportunity to make money, but unfortunately not the honest American way. In her decision to get involved with Ricky, she quickly discovers that everything that glitters is certainly not gold. Erica begins to make easy money but learns that there is a price to pay when you play the game. And this is a lesson learned. I'm telling you people, if you really want to read a good book based out of Richmond, Uh Virginia, this is the book to get. Les is the author who wrote it. And she's coming out with a second book called Choices, and it's going to be phenomenal. We are so excited for her. Check her out on her website, Les Cover 2, the number 2, cover.webs.com. Hit her up on Facebook under Leslie White, fantastic person, a really good scheduling manager, obviously That's because good. she scheduled herself. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, you know what you're doing. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll be back on Thursday with Kelly Collins, who is author, author and she will be on the show. Um, in the meantime, check me out on Facebook.com slash Gap2Diva, Twitter.com slash Gap2Diva, and always go to www.Gap2Diva.com. Subscribe if you are trying to get in touch with some of the most creative, influential, ambitious, unique, and motivational individuals, not only in Richmond, Virginia, but in the nation. It's time for us to network so we can eat. I'm not playing. New Year's is coming, and I'm telling you, if you're not networking, then your net worth ain't. And I ain't got to say the rest. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry, man. Um, also, <laughs> if, you, are you, if you're just tuning in and you've never tuned in before, we will be out of Foster Stella Park next Thursday, Thanksgiving morning, Woo! doing an <laughs> annual turkey bowl. Gap 2 Diva Radio will be broadcasting live from there. Come out with some prizes, play football, get your uh, your metabolism up before Turkey Day. Yeah, take your energy drinks. Right. Your- Bouye Villa on the field. Oh, my gosh. If Bouye Villa on the field, if you ain't trying to get hit, do not get on the field with him because yeah. they tackle and they tackle hard, and hopefully it won't be too cold out there. I'm trying to gain 10 pounds. Uh, also, I forgot the biggest, biggest news. Sunday at 3 o'clock, doors open in the Harlem Cafe. We are going to be doing Revelations at Sunset, and this show is dedicated to the vets. Salute you. We are going to be saluting the vets. Revelations at Sunset, doors open at 3, show starts at 5, tickets to $8 at the door. Gaston Diva is hosting it. We have a 21-person line up. This is going to be a fantastic show. International music. Military, Army, Marines, Navy, all of them going to be in there. Yeah, for That's for God, all of them. So yeah. if you're looking for a nice man and a uniform lady, get your booty down to Harlem Cafe on Sunday and get you a nice gentleman with some awards on his chest. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love a man in a uniform. Why could <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. As always, behave yourself and
and y'all have a good night. Thank you. I'm not a diva. I'm not a diva. I'm not a diva. I'm not a diva. I'm not a diva.